Welcome to Nuggets Nation, where you'll find the most up-to-date news, stories, and information about the Denver Nuggets and their organization. Brought to you by your host, Ethan Hinschel. All right, hey everyone, back with episode two of Nuggets Nation. Some pretty big news to break here. Obviously, if you have not already heard, Damian Lillard got traded from the Portland Trailblazers to the Milwaukee Bucks. Massive blockbuster trade. I'm going to break down how that trade affects the Denver Nuggets and other teams around the NBA. So let's get into it. First things first, Milwaukee gets Damian Lillard. They gave up Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, and some picks. Overall, I do think Milwaukee gained and got their team better here uh, in terms of their starting lineup. They did lose bench depth. I'll address that in a bit, but first I want to go into the starting lineup. Their starting lineup is now going to consist of Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Bobby Portis, and Brooke Lopez. That is an amazing starting five. Uh, I think they might struggle defensively in terms of the backcourt. I think last season with Chris Middleton's injuries that he's had over the past two, three seasons, it's affected his speed and his ability to just move his feet and have quickness on the defensive side of thing. And Damian Lillard is not the best defender. However, I do think in a winning team, in a winning organization, you might see a more buy-in on his end in terms of defense and just they need to play team defense for them to succeed. Uh, we all know they're going to score a lot of points with Giannis and Dame and they're starting five. They're going to be one of the better offensive teams in the league, but it's going to come down to defense. And traditionally, Milwaukee's been a good defensive team because Drew Holiday is a really good defensive point guard. So the loss of him defensively is going to be tremendous. Damian Lillard is not the defensive player that Drew Holiday is, but Drew Holiday is not the offensive player that Damian Lillard is. So in today's NBA, I think they looked at like the offensive upside in this trade and they were like, yeah, we want it. Part of this trade, I think also, not I think, I know, is they want to keep Giannis happy. Like Giannis didn't sign an extension this summer and has this season and next season left on his deal. So he's got two more years on his deal. And Milwaukee right now is in a position where since 2021, when they won the NBA Finals, they haven't been back. And that has irritated Giannis for sure. Uh, he is in the front office ear plenty, uh, and he wants to win. And I don't think their group, which was an NBA contender before trading for Damian Lillard, couldn't win, but it wasn't a sh- sure like top, top tier team in the league. They were a contender but I'd still put the Nuggets above them before Damian Lillard. Now, with Damian Lillard, however, the Milwaukee Bucks are the betting favorites, according to Vegas, to win the NBA championship for this coming season. Do I think a bit of that is just like the news of him getting traded? Yeah, and I think it's just like the attention that he'll bring. I'm a little curious to see how the spacing works, if that is the starting five. They'd go with being Lillard, Middleton, Giannis, uh, Portis, and Lopez. In terms of the three through five, that's a lot of size. You know, Giannis, Portis, and Lopez, that's a ton of size. And that matches really well with Denver because Denver has Porter, Gordon, and Jokic, three through five. So they match up well in terms of size there. Uh, and then going beyond that, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks did lose Grayson Allen, which is a bench piece. But I do think they have some depth. They have Drake Crowder and they have some recent picks in the previous drafts that they like, and they do find guys to just play well and provide a role. They don't need a ton of bench depth with that starting five. They're going to play a lot of minutes, especially come the playoffs, but they will need to figure out some sort of rotation. And that's a little bit unknown, so that's going to be left for them to determine. But 
Now I want to go into like how this affects the Nuggets, this trade. So obviously, if you're unaware, this was a three-team trade involving the Portland Trailblazers, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns traded DeAndre Aiden to the Portland Trailblazers, received Nurkic, their center. They also received Grayson Allen from the Milwaukee Bucks, the Suns, and they got Nasir Little, also from the Portland Trailblazers, along with Keon Johnson. So they gave up a more talented Aiden for a less talented Nurkic, but in with that, they also got some bench pieces. And the previous episode that I have, episode one, that talked was titled, Can Nuggets Win the NBA Championship? The biggest lack for the Suns was who were they going to play at that fifth starting spot and who is going to come off the bench for them when the season starts in the playoffs, you know, when that really counts. And I think we have some answers now. Uh, Grayson Allen's going to come off the bench for them, most likely. Nasir Little is a good wing defender. These guys are not really that talented offensively. They might be able to score 5 to 9 points, 11, 13 on a good game. But overall, they provide depth, rotation. If someone goes down in their starting lineup, if Devin Booker, if Bradley Beal gets hurt. However, I still think the biggest weakness there is defense. Like, they're going to, the Phoenix Suns like had no center to guard Jokic last playoff run and another big weakness of theirs was defense and I don't really see how this trade addressed either of those two things if anything they traded a more talented center in Aiden who got a lot of hate but overall Aiden's a better player than Yusef Nurkic uh I'm not here to say Nurkic isn't a good player because he's solid he's good but Aiden is the better player don't let that be mistaken Nurkic might play better in the system we'll see but Aiden overall is a more talented NBA player. So it's really interesting to see that they gave away the more talented center, the one who's going to guard Jokic for someone who's less talented and someone who Jokic has absolutely destroyed in his career. We can circle back to the 2021 NBA playoffs when the Denver Nuggets played against the Portland Trailblazers and who guarded Jokic? Nurkic. And what did Jokic do? He dominated, like literally dominated, like it was not close. Obviously, it's a bit unfair just to say that he dominated against him because Jokic has seemingly dominated against every center that you put out in front of him. Uh, The only one, truthfully, that I think really did some resistance was in the bubble with Dwight Howard because he had that physical size to not let Jokic just back him down. But over, like, when you look at the Suns as a whole team, I still don't see who's going to guard Jokic, like I mentioned previously. And where their defense going to come from? Like Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, those guys are not the best defensively. And it seemed they don't play as like one. It's all about playing as one in today's NBA. Like we saw in the spring with the Nuggets playoff run, the Nuggets won because they played as one. They played as a holistic group. They played offense together and they played team defense. And like I was mentioning with the Milwaukee Bucks is... With the loss of Drew Holiday now, they are really going to have to buy into team defense. And a great example of this is the Miami Heat. Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley orchestrate their team and pick players that are going to buy into the team, culture, and identity. And like in the first episode, I talked about culture and identity are so important in in an organization and a team. And the Suns, not that they don't have that, but their identity is offense and scoring. It's a lot of isolation, as we saw in the playoffs. You know, you had Devin Booker going for 40, you had Durant going for 30, and they're still losing, you know? And I think that's a problem. You can't have your top two guys combining for 75 points in a game and you lose. When Jokic and Murray combine for 75, the Nuggets win. Like, 
There's no doubting it. The Nuggets win. They also have more supporting cast too. But overall, when we look at this trade, I do think the Suns got better in terms of depth. They lost a more talented center and Milwaukee is an absolute bona fide NBA contender, arguably maybe the best team in the NBA. It's going to be left to see. It's going to, you're going to have to see how Damian Lillard fits in to Milwaukee because Giannis isn't the best off the ball player. I'm not here to say Giannis isn't good. Giannis is a top three player in the NBA. He is a fantastic player. Giannis is a superstar. That is not what I'm saying at all. Giannis needs the ball in his hands. We all know he's not the best shooter. So what that means is when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, defenders can sag off him and lay off him unless he's in the paint. And if you're trotting out a lineup of Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, and Giannis, that's a lot of congestion you're going to have in the paint. Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez have really worked on their shooting and Brooke Lopez specifically. Brooke Lopez has become an awesome three-point shooter. But Giannis is not a good three-point shooter and you want to have the ability for all five guys on your floor to be able to comfortably shoot the three ball and for the defense to actually have to put a hand in their face and guard them. And Milwaukee doesn't have that. They know that, and that's not their style of team. But now with Damian Lillard, I think they're going to shoot a lot more threes. They're going to push the ball more. Damian Lillard is not a big guy, but he's quick. He can push the ball and transition. With Giannis, obviously, they'll push the ball. So then to transition to Jokic and Murray. So let's break down like Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic as passers in the pick and roll are lethal because both them have the ability to shoot from anywhere in the half court on the floor they can shoot the three they can shoot the elbow shot and they're and they're gonna make you have to you have to guard them if you don't guard them they're gonna make that shot and to me it's like you gotta guard Damian Lillard you're gonna have to guard him up tight and close and you're gonna have to go over on that pick and roll you can't go under or else he's gonna hit that shot in your face but if Jokic has the ball in his hands you can cut under that pick and roll because you know he's most likely not going to pull up for three. And if he does, I think you're willing to live with it because we know he's not the best shooter and teams are willing to give him that three if he pulls up into it. He's going to make it once in a while, but he's statistically, for his career, he has not shot the best from three. So if you're going to let him get a shot, you're going to let him shoot from three. So I think spacing will be key for them. Just with bigger guys, spacing is so important. And I think it doesn't get noticed with Nuggets as much because, yeah, they trot out three big guys in their three through five positions, but due to the ability of Nikola Jokic being one of the NBA's premier passers in this league, spacing isn't a problem because you have Jamal Murray, who's a fantastic passer. You have Nikola Jokic, who's a fantastic passer. They have the ability to space the floor, just the two of them themselves. And then you throw in Michael Porter, KCP, two excellent three-point shooters, you space the floor really well now. And Aaron Gordon is actually also an underrated passer, believe it or not. If you don't watch Nuggets basketball, you should because Aaron Gordon is a really good passer and it goes unnoticed because when you trot out guys like Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and Michael Porter, there's not a lot of room for guys like Aaron Gordon to get recognized and the appreciation that he should deserve and get be given. But Milwaukee, I don't know how that spacing is going to work because Bobby Portis like is not the best with the ball in his hands and neither is Brooke Lopez and Giannis is like good. He's got a good handle, but like Jokic has a really good handle. Michael Porter's got a good handle. Jamar Murray's got a good handle. KCP has got a solid handle and Aaron Gordon's also got a solid handle, but like having the ability for your fifth guy, your center to have a really tight handle on the basketball and that pick and roll is so good lethal because that means you have to guard Jokic up tight and if you don't he's just going to shoot over you and if you guard him up tight he's going to find the guy cutting to the basket back door for a layup 
like Michael Porter, who's such a good cutter, or Aaron Gordon, who's also such a great cutter. So overall, I think the Nuggets, yeah, like they're going to have some work to do to address this trade in terms of like their team. But I also think the Nuggets have trust in the players. And I know I mentioned in previously, but I wanted to just highlight a little bit more Christian Braun, Peyton Watson, Hunter Tyson, Jalen Pickett, and Julian Strother. Like those five guys, I think are actually going to make an impact on this team this season. At minimum, Peyton Watson and Christian Braun are going to make an impact. So they have like seven guys at the bare minimum that they know will make an impact. And in the playoffs, all you need is an eight-man rotation. Milwaukee, I don't know where their depth and bench is going to come from. It might come from a minimum veteran free agent signing. It might come from an in-season trade acquisition. I don't know. And they don't have a lot of assets now that they traded their picks. So it's going to be interesting to see how they address that. But overall, I know a lot of people are asking, whose starting five would you rather take? The Denver Nuggets or the Milwaukee Bucks? Personally, I would still rather take the Denver Nuggets because consistency one through five to me is more important. And I think they just lack consistency for the Bucks. Like consistency, I think will be a struggle. I think it will be seen when we start the season. And for all I know, I could be wrong. And they start off seamlessly like they've played a thousand games together. But as of right now, Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo haven't played a game on the same team together. That's not the all-star game where it's a meaningful, serious game. And we don't know how they're going to play, how their chemistry is going to be. So like coming into the season, we know how the Nuggets starting five like works together. They're a cohesive unit. And that part seemingly gets unnoticed when we get these blockbuster trades like Bradley Beal coming to Phoenix and like it's just going to be assumed that they mesh well together and I think the Suns are going to be a great example of that because like Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant they're all guys who need the ball in their hands and like Devin Booker doesn't neither just Kevin Durant I guess but they all like the ball in their hands is really what I'm trying to say. The Nuggets don't all need the ball in their hands if that makes sense, they can all play off the ball in one way or another. And that to me is what separates the Nuggets from these teams like the Suns and the Bucks and the Lakers and the Warriors and whoever you want to throw in there, the Celtics. I think the Celtics are a great example. The Celtics, I'd say, I honestly say like are probably second or third best NBA team because they play team defense and defense is so underappreciated in today's NBA. I don't really know why, honestly. Like, yeah, scoring is fun and it's cool to watch, but like defense wins championships. And I know that's like an NFL saying kind of, but ask Pat Riley. He's a believer in rebounds. And like, if you win the rebounding statistic for the game, most likely you're going to win the game. And I also really believe that I, Pat Riley is such an amazing basketball mind and he's such a smart individual. So I really think not, you can't just believe everything that someone says, do your own research and learn your own information. But I have, and I've looked at slew of games over the course of plenty of seasons and rebounds do win games and the Nuggets are really good at rebounding the ball and the Phoenix Suns they traded Aiden for Nurkic and I like who's going to rebound the ball on that team is my question so to me I think the Nuggets still the league's team to beat they won the championship this past spring yeah there's these nice shiny new acquisitions that are going to bring spotlight and sometimes you know you get tired of the team that really didn't do much this summer and kept their roster relatively the same and that's like boring but like boring is good and boring wins and I think teams have just become like the Nuggets have had relatively the same starting five since like 2021 when they traded for Aaron Gordon and that's like boring for some fans 
And for good educated basketball fans, I think we all can recognize like that's not boring. It's good basketball. You're not supposed to trade good players in your starting lineup because that messes with team chemistry and continuity for your team. And the Celtics are a great example of that. I'm curious how they will look. Also, they traded Marcus Smart this season. They got Chris Tapps Porzingis. That's a big guy. But at the end of the day, for all Nuggets fans listening to this, there is still no one who can guard Nikola Jokic. I don't care who you throw on him. Maybe Giannis is your best guess or Anthony Davis. But I mean, like Anthony Davis got destroyed by Jokic in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, you need someone to guard Jokic. And the Suns did not address that this offseason. I don't really have an answer as to how they could have, truthfully, you know, maybe looked at like some center rotation depth. Ironically, I think DeAndre Jordan could match up as one of the better defensive players on Jokic. But fortunately for Nuggets fans, he's on our team. So that's really something to be thankful for. But you need a guy who's strong and who can move. And I think like Embiid kind of can fit that mold, but I just don't know if he's quick enough. Like he's quick, but I just don't know if he's quick enough. Cause Jokic is like quick. I know he might look kind of slow on the court, but when he gets in the half court and he moves and like, yeah, it might look like to you it's slow motion, but it's not. Trust me. I've seen him play up in person up front and he moves quick. He has quick first moves. He's got quick lateral moves. And the thing that makes a player like Jokic so dangerous is he sees the plays one or two steps before they actually occur and happen. And that's what makes him such an amazing NBA player is because when you can read the defense and anticipate what they're going to do and how they're going to correct to what you're going to do, you then have the ability to correct to what they're going to do. And Jokic does that constantly. And it doesn't often get shown in the box score because there's no statistic to demonstrate reading a defense. I guess maybe you could say an assist, but I'm talking like breaking down a defense, like exploiting their weaknesses, recognizing that so-and-so is guarding Michael Porter really uptight, so he's vulnerable for a backdoor cut. So if you set Aaron Gordon up for a baseline screen for Michael Porter and you run it backdoor to the rim, he might get a layup. Because let's say you ran that same play three times before or two times before, but those two or three previous times, Michael Porter comes off the Aaron Gordon pick and comes out to the three for a pull-up three off the pass from Murray or Jokic, whether it's a double screen or just one screen from Gordon there. But providing the same look and then doing a different variation of it is what makes Jokic such a great player because he recognizes that and sees that and makes the defense adjust to him. Jokic doesn't adjust to defenses. Defenses just adjust to him. And Jokic knows that, and the Nuggets use that to their advantage. Um, And I think that's what makes the Nuggets so great. And I wanted to release this episode to you guys really to talk about this trade and how it affects the Nuggets and the Suns. And like, finally, let's not forget about the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, They're rumored to already be shopping Drew Holiday, which makes sense. They're in a rebuilding stage as they just traded Damian Lillard, and they picked Scoot Henderson, who's, I think, going to be a wonderful NBA player. Uh, So they're in a rebuilding stage. There's rumors that Jaron Grant is also available for trade. So we'll see. I know they got another young piece in Anfrani Simmons, who signed a contract extension, I think, last season or two seasons ago. It might kick in this coming season, I believe. Uh, I believe it was like four years, $100 million. So they gave him a good-sized contract. He's making a lot of money, 25 a year. Uh, But I think they have some nice pieces. I don't think they necessarily... 
not the Trailblazers. I don't think fans necessarily see the value in a player like Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's played on a fair amount of teams. He's, he was drafted by the Sixers as a first-round pick, so he understands the weight of being a first-round pick. And I think like if they don't end up trading him, I think he can actually provide a really good role for the Trailblazers. Whether he's starting point guard or if he comes off the bench, which I don't wouldn't really make sense because I think he's more talented than their starting point guard that they had, even if it's Scoot Henderson or Infernee Simmons. Like, I think you can play all three and just have a smaller lineup. But he provides really good defense, and he's a really good veteran. And truthfully, ask guys around the NBA. He is talked about so highly in terms of who he is as a person and character. And I think when you have young guys on a team like Infernee Simmons and Scoot Henderson, having a good mentor is so crucial for their development, whether it's on the court or off the court, how they carry themselves and just how they practice. And Drew Holiday is one of the guys who's a workhorse. Like he doesn't miss games often. He plays a lot and he often guards the team's best guard. And those guys, there's not an abundance of them in today's NBA. I know it's more of like a 2000s type role for a guard to do that. Drew Holiday kind of reminds me of like a Tony Allen but he's got such a better offensive game. That's not discrediting Tony Allen, but I think it's more just showing credit to Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's got a good offensive game. Yeah, he's a little older now. He's entering his 30s. He's been in his 30s, and but he provides a role. And I think as a veteran, he can provide a really good role. So whether the Trailblazers end up keeping or trading him, some team is going to get lucky because Drew Holiday is a darn good NBA player. He's a darn good point guard, and he's a really good defender. And He's also a good passer and he's just a good team player. He's going to buy in to whatever the coach is doing. And he's also got such a good IQ. He's got a good mindset. You want Drew Holiday on your team. So Bucks, like if I were them, I would do that trade for sure. But don't think for a millisecond that they're not going to feel the loss of Drew Holiday because they absolutely are. His presence in the locker room, his IQ on the floor, just him being like a director as a point guard goes sometimes unnoticed and I do think Damian Lillard can kind of play that role as like a director and putting his guys in the right place but Drew Holiday he's done it and I think this year for Damian Lillard at least it's going to come with a lot of pressure like the Bucks are expected to win and for the first time in his career he's expected to win an NBA championship and I think he's going to welcome that pressure but it doesn't mean that at times he might falter Damian Lillard has proven time and time again that he is a clutch player. There's not many more clutch players in the NBA besides him. All he's done is like put up good numbers his whole career and really never complained once up until recently. And he didn't even really complain. He just like he wanted to win a ring and Portland wasn't really providing him an opportunity to do so. He asked out. And frankly, in today's NBA, that's more than okay. Guys ask out after two, three years if they're not getting enough minutes. And he sat with the team for over a decade and that's quite rare we're not going to see it a bunch as we just grow the sport anymore because guys want minutes they want to play and i understand that but you don't see guys sticking with a team for 10 plus years like him so it's going to be really interesting to see i'm going to attach a poll at the end of this podcast so please vote whether you think who has the better starting five the milwaukee bucks or the denver nuggets i'm really curious to see what you guys think And once again, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. And I have a really special guest for this next episode, so please stay tuned and make sure to subscribe if you have not already.